What's going on, everybody? Thanks so much for tuning in my station. We're allowed to talk about Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. Today's segment, I do want to kind of share with you um, a couple different things for you, and primarily I want to be focusing on two things. Um, first off is running a one-shot campaign, and then second off is an easy step to go through and create a character and their simple background and their story. Now, maybe you're a new DM, or maybe you're a DM that just wants to try something new there. Um, a lot of times you'll hop in and you'll be playing into a campaign or something along those lines, which is usually going to span out you know, multiple different play sessions, maybe weeks, maybe months. I've known some people have played um, campaigns for many years, and chances are they didn't plan for the campaign to go that long, but they rather extended off of different things there. Many DMs, like myself, start off with a one-shot campaign, which a one-shot campaign is essentially a session where you have one person playing as the DM, you have your player or players that you're playing with there, and then um, you're just throwing them a simple, you know, bait and hook kind of switch adventure that they can get completed in one session. Now, this session can roll many different times. I had a one-shot session that ended up lasting six hours. Um, didn't expect it was going along, and I had another one that lasted me about two hours. Um, and that was with character creation on that one there. So really, it's kind of up to you on how you want to do these things there. But what is great about a one-shot campaign, and I guess the benefits that would come from it there, is, you know, one-shots, they're quick and they're easy. Uh, you can come out and you can pull out a few story tropes. You can rip off things that you saw on TV. You're like, wow, that was a really cool episode of Supernatural where they hunted down this ghost or something along those lines. So maybe you're going through and you want your player characters to go through your adventure and then either kill or um, put the ghost's soul to rest. There you go. You got the one major objective there. It's just going to be kind of easy for them. Maybe they're just starting off. Um, so a lot of times when you're going through and doing a one-shot, you just want it to be that and it'll be done. You can call it quits after that and their players can either decide whether or not they want to go on or keep playing. Um, you know, once you're done with that one session, I mean, this is good for any kind of players that are new to being a DM. Or it's even good for DMs that just want to take a break and have somebody else jump in the hot seat there for a second. Um, the cool thing is, is that, you know, your players, they can make brand new characters to start off their adventure, or they can just make a character that's just like a throwaway character for them that they always wanted to try out. So, you know, if your main character that you're playing through a campaign happens to be a, um, you know, a level six ranger that you're very close and fond to, well, you can go through and you're like, well, I really wanted to try out a, uh, a, a cleric this time around. So you can make a level one cleric or a level five cleric, whatever you decide to go with it there. If you're making a more high powered adventure, you might have higher powered characters. If you're making a low powered adventure, you may have lower ones as well too. But the cool thing is it's a good place to kind of test your metal and then test your creativity and you know try out different waters there. You're not always stuck with the same thing over and over again. So it's great for players to be able to new make new characters and it's great for DMs to be able to try out new and different themes. You know, maybe you're very used to playing the high fantasy setting. Maybe you do a lot of dungeon crawls and things along those lines. But this time around, you wanted to try something out in the city. Maybe you want to do a murder mystery um, in the city. And the ghost that you happen to go through that you're trying to uh, aid, you didn't necessarily want to kill it, but either you wanted to solve its murder for it and put its soul to rest. Uh, maybe find an item that was stolen from him or her and, uh, you know, bury it with them to put him to rest. So that's very easy it's a different theme than maybe what you've done before there too so it's a good time to try out new things 
Um, the other nice part with a one-shot, you can extend out the campaign or you can stop right there. So, uh, for example, with my group there, they played Scald Island. You know, I kind of intended that just to be a one-shot campaign, and it still can be for other people. Maybe they really enjoyed it. Maybe some other people didn't. Maybe some people come, some people decide to leave. And that's where it could be a stopping point for some players, or you can continue it on for others. You know, the heroes of Scald Island are now out and about on the island of Pythium. Maybe which is my grander kind of area that I'm, I'm brewing here. Well, there you go. You've just kind of, you've launched out their characters. You've kind of showed them what it's like to play Dungeons & Dragons, and now you get to continue their characters on. They keep to grow and develop as well, too. So, and you can build off that, too, which can be really nice there. So, the cool thing with the one-shots, you know, you want to keep it quick and simple. You want to be able to try and test out new and different things there. You want to be able to get your players to kind of join in and make sure there's ways to actively participate in there. Now there's a few things that I do want to recommend are good and bad signs to a one-shot. What I recommend as far as some tips that I have um, for helping you design these as well. So when you're going through and you're creating a one-shot campaign, I feel like there's a lot of different do's and don'ts that you should probably keep in mind whenever you're creating one yourself or running one that uh, is out there already. The first do that I would say is make sure to include an element of each of the three pillars of D&D. Now, chances are you may want to lean on one more heavily than the other one, but I still definitely think in order to make it a full experience for your players, you need to make sure to include the pillars of D&D, which are the social element, the combat encounters, and the exploration. What you don't want to do is include only one aspect of it. Now, like what I mentioned earlier, you can definitely lean on it. If you are if you have a party full of fighters that they are eager to get their um, sword bloodied, they may want to go into a combat situation. But you may have a bard that just wants to lap up the, com or the social aspect and sit around the town, trade goods with the traders and things along those lines, and try to um, take more of a tactful approach through influence. Or maybe you have um, somebody that wants to go through, maybe your ranger is wanting to explore, explore these ruins along with a couple people um, in the group that might be arcane masters. Um, you know, Don't just include the only one aspect there, because not every player is going to be going for that there. Not every player plays for it. Um, instead, they may actually go through and say, you know, I have somebody like, that does well and shines well with social. I have some that deal well with combat, and I have some that deal well with exploration. So, don't just put one in there, but include all of them, but feel free to lean on one or more that fits your theme a little bit closer. Um, like, for example, if you're going through and you're setting up a war scene, Maybe you have the social aspect, maybe you have some blacksmith and quartermasters that your people can interact with. Maybe for exploration, you have different flanks that your people can go through and uh, maybe different mountains and stuff you can climb on to give you an advantage. And then, of course, combat, you can lean on that one the most heavy and say, hey, I'm fighting a ton of soldiers um, of the opposing side here. Um, but if you go on the offhand, you may be in the middle of a murder mystery. Um, you may want some combat in there because you're going to have some people that are like, wow, this is why I play the game. And I think D&D, especially 5th edition, has a very good setting for combat. They have a very good system going. Um, 
but you know, you want to give them the ability to explore the town a little bit there, use their social cues and try to investigate a little bit more there. So even each of those ones there, that's a couple examples that are just saying, Hey, these are the different elements that you can have in there. And this is how they can kind of play in those ones. Try to make sure you can involve all three. If you're creating one off the helm. Um, the other do I would say is prepare some NPCs and enemies to fit your theme. So when you're going through, you want to make sure that you have, you know, the different kind of NPCs out there that's going to make it feel immersive. You know, if you're in the middle of the war scene, chances are the blacksmith's going to be out there. He's going to be a quartermaster, but you're probably going to have some, like, commanding officers. You may have some other grunts or something there for your characters to get connected to. But what I would also recommend is don't go overboard and flood the players with too much necessary information. Um, this is a one-shot campaign, so you're hoping to get this thing done in one little sit-down. Maybe you're just giving people their taste of it there. Now, if they want to engage more into that, that's totally fine. But especially if you're playing with new players, make sure they get a taste of every little bit there. And then next time you sit down to play, then try to lean a little bit heavily on what they enjoy doing there. Like, for example, with my playgroup there, I can definitely tell they really enjoy these social aspects in the combat. Exploration? Eh, they're not too much into that one from what I can tell so far. We're pretty early in, but it's something where they do very well as far as communicating with my NPCs that I've created, interacting with the world in that way too working with traders and merchants and such there and trying to get gold that way. So I think they do a pretty good job with that one. So, but again, if you're doing a one shot campaign, you don't have to go overboard. Keep it simple. Heck, if you want to go through and you have merchant that trades everything that's in the player handbook when it comes to weapons and comes to trade goods and everything else there, feel free to do that. You don't have to put all the extra work into a one shot unless you really want to. But, of course, you can continue to grow it and make it your own. So if somebody else sits down to play, you may have more in-depth later down the road because they may ask something different. Um, the next do I have here is make a meaningful plot hook for your players and a reason for them to be motivated to go on the quest and give an incentive. Um, don't just assume every character wants to go on the adventure is doing it for the thrill of it and don't assume that they're going to be there for the same reason. So while you may have a wizard that is all about going to this... Um, this tower that was an old arcane master's tower to try and recover a spell book for a super powerful spell well you may end up having a cleric that's not going for that reason maybe the cleric is going to um send the undead back or maybe you have fighters that's going to try and clear this place out or you have a rogue that's trying to steal the loot from an armory make sure you can involve all these different things there as well too maybe you have a bard that is really wanting to go and do this quest or join the party on the quest because they want to gain some influence back with the town and really put his name out there maybe he wants to get these stories and tales and such there so again you know give them the motivation give them incentive um just don't assume everybody's doing it for the same reason and don't expect that, hey, these experience points for them killing these things, that's all they're going to matter, you know. For me, I kind of feel like there's three different ways of motivation um, that are out there with players. I'll talk about it more in depth in a little bit, but I feel like most players are either incentivized by experience, so leveling up their characters, um, which reality is that plays into kind of everything that you do in the game. They're looking for wealth, so they're looking for um, different loot, and they're looking for gold, and they're looking for things they could sell usually, or they're looking for power, which can be from finding magical loot, um, weapons, armor, and the such, or influence for the rest of the world there. Um, that's just kind of what I see as far as maybe the three main motivators. There's probably more out there. If you guys listening think there are more, let me know. But that's just what I kind of feel like, and that's usually what I integrate into my games. Um, and then the last do I have here is try to keep it engaging and keep it brief. If your players 
go through and they decide to uh, want to talk to your NPCs, make sure you have some stuff there. Again, like don't go overboard with it, but keep them engaged. Keep them going. Keep them on track. Don't let it just become stagnant and be like, wow, we've been in the town for how long now? You know, make sure they actually get out and enjoy the adventure and enjoy all aspects. But don't be afraid to leave it on a cliffhanger and build off the story later. So something with my Scald Island one shot, I really designed that to be a simple open and shut case. They were going to go to the town. They were going to figure out where exactly the bandits were. They were going to go to the bandits, and then they were going to go to the temple where the bandits got sent at. That was my whole incentive. They stopped and went to the temple instead um, before there, and so we had a whole lot of different interactions. It worked out for the better, but instead of a two to three hour little one-shot campaign, it turned into a six hour one. So don't be afraid to leave it on a cliffhanger and build off of it later because you can make a larger story for them there. But of course, if things are going well and you want to keep going with it and you feel comfortable with it and you got the time, go ahead and do that. Just don't let everybody get burned out on it. So those are a few of my do's and don'ts for one shots as far as my tips there for you. You can find a lot of other information on YouTube and I may go over more things as far as like designing dungeons and figuring out themes for your areas or uh, maybe even designing cities and such there as far as how my mentality is towards it and what I do. Thing is, is I rip a lot of the information off of other people that I've watched and I've played with so that I can kind of bring that to my own game. And also I throw my own stuff out there too. So really is just... Do what feels good for you, do what you feel is good for the group, and don't be afraid to try out a one-shot campaign. So this next little segment here um, of the episode, I do want to kind of talk to you guys, um, both DMs and players, as far as what can be pretty good as far as you know, making your characters for this world. DMs, creating your NPCs, and then players, creating your player character. Now, like I mentioned, one-shots are very going to be usually short and easy to complete there, and you don't want to overload yourself too much um, with information out there. You just kind of want to have enough to get into the game and get her started is kind of where it works out there. If you want to continue on with it, you definitely can. You can build off previous ones, or you can make this kind of your own. Um, but these are three different questions that I like to ask to give enough basic information for my player characters to have enough of a backstory and understanding, and then also for my GMs to give their NPCs a little bit more life. Um, and it, it really helps out. You know, I just texted one of my buddies earlier and it took me less than maybe a minute or two to get a nice little backstory with these questions. First question I got is, where was your character born? Where are they from? This can answer a lot of different things when you ask this one question. Are they from these lands? Are they far from far off lands? You know, is this something that we can involve in the campaign later down the road? Is this a destination for people to go to? Um, and it can also explain kind of why they're where they are, where they are. You know, if you have a blacksmith um, game masters that were actually created and born in this town they're at, well, that explains why they're in the town. They were born there. This is their hometown. They lived their, their whole life. Um, but for example, if you have a paladin that's coming into town, well, chances are they may not be a born there. If they're not, well, then that's going to give you a few more questions you can start asking later on the road. Which leads me to my second question here. Why did they get in that occupation or class? So for the players that are adventurers, why is your player character that class? 
you know, as far as when they go through, it's very easy. A cleric could say, well, I got called by Lathander to go out and act as a missionary, and that's why I'm a cleric. I'm here to heal people. Um, whereas a ranger might be along the lines of, I grew up on the outskirts of town, and I had a connection with people, and I also had a desire to hunt monsters. So that's why I became a ranger. Um, very simple stuff to go through. And even with the NPCs on the offhand there, you can go through and say, okay, well, what, why did they get in this occupation? Well, the blacksmith, his father was a blacksmith before him, and he trained under him as an apprentice. Or maybe you have a Fletcher that goes through and makes fine bows and arrows, and they joined this one because previously they were a hunter, but now um, they decided to go out and try to arm and prepare other people that are going out in the wilderness in their stead. Maybe they've gotten too old in their age, and that's why they're there. And then the third question I like to have answered um, for both players and NPCs is, what is their motivation? Now, I mentioned a little bit in the back part here as far as, you know, why your character is going to adventure, but this is something that you really want to know, especially as a DM, you want to know why your players are motivated, and players, you want to know why the NPCs are motivated by, so you can try to work around and finagle yourself with that one. Um, when you ask, what is your motivation? Why are you adventuring, or why are you doing this occupation? Well, the thing is, is they're probably going to have one of the three answers that I mentioned beforehand. They're either doing it so they can have the experience and skill. They're either doing it because they want wealth or they're either doing it because they want power. Those are usually the three categories that's going in there. And one, players that can help you out understand that, hey, if I want to do trade with this blacksmith, he wants to have power. Maybe he wants a special set of gauntlets that will allow him to craft better. Or maybe um, this mage wants a special spell book because he wants to have more power. That's why I'm going to go retrieve this for him so I can get something from them. Because I'm, as the player motivated to go do that because I want to earn the experience or I want to gain the gold from these people. They're willing to pay me that because they're motivated by something and we're motivated by something. So three easy questions there for you to kind of go through and I'll just rephrase them real quick. Where were you born or slash where are you from? Um, why did you get in this occupation or why is your player this class? And then finally, what motivates you? What's your incentive? So hopefully that helps you out as far as just figuring it out. You can start using your backgrounds and the rest of the player creation tools to kind of really help shape and form your character. But hopefully this gives you a good enough jumping off point. And the cool thing is, is you don't have to just stick with that. This is just a tool I do to help me kind of figure out how my players and NPCs can fit in the world pretty easily. It's up to everybody else to kind of flesh them out as you play along. The more often you see these players and NPCs, you might be more willing to go through and add a little bit more to their story. So I hope this helps you guys as far as with one shots and creating characters, backstories, easy um, for those one shots as well too. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please hit me up on Twitter or Reddit or even here on Anchor at the Real J Ham. If anything else comes up there, feel free to call in as well, or you can uh, kind of submit your ideas and stuff for maybe future episodes too. So have a good one. We'll talk to you later.